Welcome to the Cherokee County Football Blitz, hosted by Will Cooper and Arthur Mosley. Guys, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Will Cooper, joined alongside my co-host, Arthur Mosley. Art, how we doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing great, man. A little bit different tonight as we're recording on a Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. You know, we get it done any day of the week. We can, and I'm the guilty party this week. My day job got in the way of my fun job, and (laughs) so you were, again, back-to-back weeks, you've been very amenable to change. Last week, it was the game being moved from Friday to Thursday, and you're showing your versatility again, moving the podcast from Tuesday to Wednesday. I think I can do it any day of the week except for maybe Monday. Okay. Monday may be a, <laughs> maybe the throwaway day for me, of course. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, this is no problem. Of course, we appreciate everybody tuning in. I know this will be a little bit later, but hopefully you can listen to this still on your drive to the game or whenever you get this in. Hopefully, uh, we'll still be able to give you some football talk and get into it a little bit. So uh, we have a ton to talk about, of course, as we have turned the page over to October. We do want to officially welcome everybody in to Rivalry Month in Cherokee County. This includes some of the best games that we'll see all year and uh some would say the most crucial month of the year as far as playoffs go art well it's crucial because everybody not just in cherokee county but most everybody is in region play now and um as we as coach collins has always said you start that region tournament as he calls it and all these games mean a little bit more if you're looking to to have that extra week or two or five weeks so it's exciting it's it's gut check time for each one of these teams in the county and i'm looking forward to the month of october And I think for some teams, it's great because there's a clean slate. And for some teams, it's not so great because it's a clean slate. So you uh, kind of have to take it with its lumps. But with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and send it to our first break. We'll come back out on the other end and we'll talk about the Cherokee Warriors as they will finally get to play a football game for the first time in two weeks. So give us a couple minutes and we'll be back. Once again, you're listening to the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. At Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Canton, we thank you for the privilege of selling cars and trucks in North Georgia. And that's why we make it our mission to give back to our community. I'm David Booth, General Manager, and during the past few years, we've raised over a million dollars for the Cherokee County School System through our Wrangler Raffle, plus sponsoring a special award for our Teacher and Coach of the Year. Yes, we want to sell you a vehicle, but when you do buy from us, know that we're giving back to our community. Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Liberty Boulevard at I-5. 575 Canton. Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we are finally ready to talk about the Cherokee Warriors as they're getting ready to play their first game in two weeks. Of course, they're coming off of back-to-back bye weeks. The bye week two weeks ago was the one that everybody was on with fall break, and then they had their regularly scheduled bye week that just happened to back up to that. But now, from here on out, they're going to be in region play. And Art, as far as their schedule goes, every game from here on out is must-win at least in consideration for the first two games for sure. Yeah, it, there's uh, there's no margin for error for the Warriors. And, and that's just not just for Cherokee. That's every team in that region. You've got a six-team region over there in Region 5-7-A. And teams that we – the teams 
in the non-region portion of the schedule that has seemed to have separated them are the ones that we thought. Mm-hmm. The Kennesaw Mountains, the North Cobbs, and the Waltons. Okay, those are the teams. Those are the three that we've kind of penciled in. And, and the other three are left fighting for that fourth playoff spot, uh, which is our, our very own Cherokee High School, and then mm-hmm. Wheeler, and then Osborne. And again, we've said this before, but in years past, we thought, oh, we can just pencil our team in, right, yeah. over over Wheeler and Osborne, but right. that's not the case this year, Will. No, it's not. And and a little caveat, they're going to face the Wheeler Wildcats uh, at Wheeler, so they'll be on the road. And, and Wheeler is 3-2, and two, but when we go over these names, I, I just want to tell you, there may be one team on this list that I think is, is a quality opponent, maybe two. Uh, so we'll go down the list. A 14-21 to 21 loss at Centennial, a 10-16 to 16 loss at Lassiter, and then a 28-3 to 3 win at South Cobb. Okay. A 20-13 to 13 win at North Atlanta. Now, I think that's the quality win for them. I, I think that's one they can hang their hat on. Uh, getting, getting a little bit more into that game, that was the game that North Atlanta played after River Ridge. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there was a lot of hype going into that game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a little bit of a letdown game. Wheeler also won the turnover margin by three. Mm-hmm. So, just something to keep in mind there. And then they beat Campbell a couple of weeks ago, 28-17. to 17. Um, and, and Wheeler is a very simple team. They've only attempted 57 passes all year. <laughs> so they're going to line up and run the ball. Now they do get 234 rush yards per game, so they're good at what they do. But for me, uh, you know, I, this, this game is extremely winnable for Cherokee. We just need to see improvement from the, the past two bye weeks, and I think it starts with the offensive line. It does start with the offensive line and their issues they've had not being able to start the same starting five guys up front in the first five games of the season. We hope that the Warriors have been able to get healthy. Uh, that will go a long way into determining their their viability or whether or not they can make the playoffs here. Well, the Warriors are only averaging about 63 yards per game on the ground. And I don't care how much you throw or how well you throw, at some point you're going to have to throw the football. Conversely, like you mentioned, Wheeler averaging 234 yards a ground, and almost all of that is with sophomore running back Josiah Allen. We got a chance to see this young man in the scrimmage and say what you want about scrimmages, but we saw him run the football and we thought, where did this guy come from? Yeah. And he looks much bigger than the 5'10", 190 they list him at. He looks more like 5'11", 220 uh, coming at you with a full head of steam, and they're just going to feed that back. Probably not anything unlike Cherokee's seen the last time out when they struggled a little bit against uh, West Forsyth and Peyton yeah. Straco, the running back over there, Will. And, and, you know, the one thing, we, like you mentioned, we saw Wheeler in the scrimmage, and, and, you know, like you mentioned, scrimmages are scrimmages. Wheeler's offensive and defensive line did a very, very good job in that scrimmage. Um, I don't know if that'll hold true moving into this game. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it, it comes down to the lines, though, and, and this is the old cliche we say about every game. But Cherokee's offensive line, we need to know who the five guys are and, right. you know, getting some guys healthy back there. Um, also, who's the back? You know, we've seen Malachi Eccles. We saw Christian when He was injured in the Sequoia game, didn't play in that one. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see a couple of different backs they can go to mm-hmm. in this situation. Hopefully those two bye weeks have allowed those kids to get healthy and to get ready to go. Um, and, and to me, the defensive line is going to be the other end here because, yes, the linebackers make most of the tackles in that 3-4 defense, but it's going to be up to guys like George Bogdaddy, J.D. Byrne, uh, you know, Javon Hobson, you know, go down the list, Kenyon yep. Hunter, any of yep. them. It's going to be up to them to eat up double teams. They're yes. going to need to eat up bodies uh, because if they don't, then you're going to allow that offensive line to get into the second level, and, and everybody knows what that does as far as a running game goes. So 
for me, it's it's up to the offensive lines for them and the defensive lines for both teams. Uh, Cherokee's got to find a way to run the ball. I'm not worried about Saversier. I'm not worried about that wide receiving core. They've proven they can get it done. And I'm not worried about the secondary of Cherokee. Even if they were going to be tested, they've proven they're up to the challenge, but I don't think they will be tested unless Wheeler just comes out with a whole new game plan. So it's really up to the Lions for me in this one. Yeah, I agree, Will. You talk about the strength of schedule. I want to back up a little bit here. And and Wheeler's overall uh, opponent's combined record, they're 10 wins and 19 losses. Uh, and as you mentioned, some of those teams have been up and down. I think there's only one team they played with a winning record to this point. Uh, Cherokee, conversely, 15 and 14. So they're kind of right there. Their opponents are right there at about 500 combined. Um, so... I, I don't know if Cherokee would be one and four if they had Wheeler's schedule. Right. And I don't know if Wheeler would be three and two if they had Cherokee's schedule. Who yeah. knows? Okay. Uh, what What's important here, like you said, it comes back to the line of scrimmage. And if Cherokee can get a lead, will they be able to run the ball to kind of shorten that ball game? Yeah. I, I, I know that's probably not their MO to, to do that. But, you know, you're late in the fourth quarter with about eight minutes left and you got a one score lead. You kind of want to be able to take some of that clock off. And and I think it can be done with Savasir with high percentage passing as sure. well. Um, but but it has to be safe. You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. there's any chance that you could turn the ball over, right. you got to be really careful with right. that. Um, yeah. So I, I like the matchup in this one. Cherokee's still number five in my power ranking, but they have slowly climbed over the last couple of three weeks from just being idle. Okay. Um, one thing we should mention about the Cooper predictor rankings is only the last five games. So a lot of these teams are getting a big boost because they're dropping game number one. Cherokee has not been able to do that. So they're holding on to that 35 to nothing loss that, that Cartersville handed them. So next week, unless something really goes bad against Wheeler, I don't, I don't see it being a 35 to nothing loss. Sure, sure. Then they're going to get a big boost too. So okay. I don't think they'll be at number five next week. So we'll see what happens. But that's where they are right now. All right. I've also got Cherokee at number five this week. Perfect. All right, well, we'll hit a break. We'll come out on the other end, and we will review the Etowah Eagles as they faced Creekview last week and talk about how they will use the bye week. So give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With more than 35 years of courtroom experience, the attorneys at the Heller Law Firm are known as the go-to team for important legal issues in Northwest Georgia. If you or a loved one needs help with a criminal charge, overwhelming debt, divorce, or moving forward after a serious accident, call the Heller Law Firm today at 770-345-1130 for a free confidential consultation. And as always, play hard and have fun. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we're getting ready to talk about some Etowah Eagles football. So before we say anything about Etowah, they're 4-2. and two. They are 0-2 in the region, which is the kind of the, the head-scratcher. But, our, you know, you and I were talking off-air. I think the message to that team, as, as they will use this bye week this Friday, should be, yes, you're 0-2 in the region, but look at who you lost to. And it's going to really depend on what Creekview does against River Ridge and what Sequoia does against Rome. And if those two teams find a way to play close or win those games, then I think the message to Etowah is a whole, uh, whole lot different. You just tell them, we got a front-loaded schedule. Right. They, like you said, they still have to play Rome. Yeah. And I, I mean, so there, there's a lot in front of Etowah. Uh, but they didn't do themselves any favors. Uh, and, and I know Coach Kemper knows this. Yeah. And, and it, again, it's not like those guys were going out there to – not win a ball game. Of They're course. doing their best to win. Um, but, but yeah, I think Etowah is still in a good spot. We, we were at that game on Thursday night, and we saw Etowah right battling. It was kind of a game of runs, and then Creekview, you know, milked 
almost all of the time, you know, all, all but two minutes and three seconds off the clock in the third quarter. Um, and, and, it, and even still, Etowah was in the ball game, you know, yeah. down by one score a couple of times. It got to two, but they could never uh, get over the hump against Creekview. And some of that maybe we talked about off air, maybe the, the line being worn down. Taking That's a physical offensive line for Creekview and Etowah's defensive front. Not as big, maybe faster, but not as big. And, right. and they got worn down. I'm thinking, hey, let's let's rest up in this bye week. You've had a, a lot going on. You come off a bye. You had a, a, an emotional game, a game that was moved. Let's not forget about the bomb threat that was called into Etowah, you yeah. know, the week of the game. So you got a short week. You got guys that, you know, have to figure out when they're going to practice. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of wrinkles that went into last week for Etowah. So you got to think this bye week is time to just, all right, let's hit the reset button on everything and come back and say, all right, guys. You know, we, we're 0-2. We're I think there's margin for one more loss for Etowah, but they've got to win, in my opinion, they've got to go get three region wins somewhere. Yeah, and and once again, the goal is to not be the fourth seed. So <laughs> I, I think for them, for for Etowah, you have to be – you're going to have to beat River Ridge, you're going to have to beat Alatoona, and you're going to have to beat Woodstock. So there, there are three wins you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you found a way to beat Rome right. in there, too, you could sure. replace any of those teams. So you sure. don't have to be flawless, but you're going to have to upset Rome if you don't pick up those three wins. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be slight underdogs to River Ridge as of this moment, according to the Cooper predictor. Um, but the other two, they would be pretty heavy favorites against. Um, so we'll see what happens with all of that coming down later. Um, of course, you know we, we mentioned the Crickview game. It was 21-39. to 39. It's a lot closer than that. Uh, that final score was not indicative of the way things actually went. It just kind of, you know, to me, the, the Creekview, like you mentioned, a huge offensive line, and they handed the ball to Hubert 24 times, and then they did enough with Guest, who had the three rushing touchdowns on the back end there. I, to me, it, it was just, Creekview was just too big. Yeah. Edouard didn't even have a defensive player on their team who was bigger or as big as Isaac Hubert is. Right. Um, right. And that, that doesn't always indicate success let's let's clarify that but when he hands when you hand the ball off 24 times it, it just exhausts them um we should give a special shout out we said we would on the broadcast jameer maxine and frank mosley are <laughs> were up to the challenge man i mean they did a great job working one-on-one against a couple of good receivers in camden lusk and cal schubert and a couple other guys lee brock now look you know cal was our player of the game he ended up getting his by you know later in the game but for the first half, I mean, they were locked down. They they were doing very good work against a couple of good receivers. Very good, very good work. Like you said, one on one coverage, and also very sure tacklers. Both mm-hmm. those guys, and it was impressive because we said in the, they must be they must have seen something on film that said that uh, Jameer Maxime is who they want to pick on, and he looked like an all region all county type player uh, on Thursday night last week and hats off to him. He, that was an impressive performance. I think I also saw on Etowah's Twitter where he was a defensive player of the game Earned. and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, he, he did everything he was asked to do last week when they played Creekview. Yeah. And I think, you know, Creekview wanted to take the head off that defense and mm-hmm. they never were able to until late in the game. They mm-hmm. were never able to hit that home run ball. And and really the, the home runs, the home runs were like, short passes that mm-hmm. were you know, yards after catch, yeah. you know, where, so it wasn't like they were going up top and taking the head off. Like you mentioned, they were just, and it really wasn't a Deacon dunk. It was like, Hey, we're going to find a receiver in space. And he's going to make a move and make a play. Yeah. And, it, he, and they were able to do that late in the game. It was a chess match. Yes. Coming out of, yes, coming out of halftime, you know, that, you know, uh, Etowah was up by six, right? Was that 24 to four or was Creekview up by six? I think Creekview was up by okay. six. So 20 to 14 at half. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20. Yeah. Creekview was up. Um, 
but it was like you kind of had that sense of like we're about to see some chess chess games mm-hmm. going on here because everything that Etowah did to adjust, Creekview did a good job to adjust as well. Um, and, and, you know, vice versa. I thought Etowah came out with a good game plan as well. So you got to give them credit. I mean, they held Mahoney on 18 rushes to 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, most people, that's a pretty good game. To Mahoney, that's not. But that kid still, there were plays in that game that, that you just kind of had to throw your hands up and say, you know what, I, it is what it is. You know what? He's a Spinnerman roll, he right? He's a Spinnerman roll. <laughs> we got to give Zach Gross a shout-out for that uh, – Improvisation on the air last week, and uh, man, that was uh, there was a couple of times. And Zach made a point. He's like, if you look how how fast his feet are, just his first two steps, and he's at top speed. And uh, he got outside a couple of times and made Creekview pay. And, and we saw a great run by the Buffalo. Yep. Again, that 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 was the play of the game. Probably that surprised me because he went untouched. Yes. Yeah. I mean, 52-yard touchdown scamper for him. And, and, and your point's exactly right. I mean, you know, he is known as the bruiser mm-hmm. there, I would say. Uh, you know, thunder and lightning. Mahoney's mm-hmm. more of the lightning. He's more of the thunder. And the fact that it was blocked so well that he was able to get into the end zone. And speaking of the blocking, we should also mention it was great to see Tate Nelms Absolutely. back. Moved Absolutely. him to left tackle. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that in the playbook. No. But did a great job. Uh, was very impressed with Etowah's offensive line. It was just more of a it was a war of attrition. Yep. I mean, unfortunately, that's what it is. And the reality is for them, statistically speaking, according to the Cooper predictor, they did a pretty good job. Uh, when you talk about what they did against uh, Creekview, they ended up um, – Overperforming by about 1.8 points offensively and one point defensively. So pretty good job on their part. Pretty good job, and, and again, they're they're coming off of two difficult games, right? Against two really good defenses. Mm, sorry, I was reading the wrong. I should oh, clarify that. Go ahead. Uh, it was they overperformed by 2.4 points on offense. Okay, my apologies. Okay. They technically underperformed on defense by 21. Sure. But well, that's a big number Creekview put up yeah, last week. And and once again, Creekview is still holding that first couple of games where they were really sputtering on sure. offense. So, But anyway, still, they did a good job against a above-average Creekview team. They did, and I'm, again, I'm sure they'll take a full advantage of the bye week and come back and then close out the season. And, uh, Will, I've got Etowah at um, number four this week. Yeah, they're number four. They, they're, uh, the, the power rankings have kind of been segmented. Uh, the top two are really close. Three and four are really close, and five and six are relatively close. In the neighborhood, not, not nearly as close as the other sure. segments. But yes, that's where they all line up right now. So I agree with you on that point. Well, we'll hit another break. We'll come out on the other end, and we'll talk about the up and coming Sequoia Chiefs and how they found a way to go two and zero in the region. Give us just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. At Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, we don't have locations across the country. Our stores are right here in Georgia. Our customers aren't numbers, they're neighbors. Your kids probably go to school with our kids. And chances are, your furniture is our furniture. So the next time you're thinking new living room, dining room, bedroom, or new mattress, think Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, Georgia's furniture and mattress superstore. For nearly 30 years, locally owned, Georgia grown. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we're getting ready to talk about the Sequoia Chiefs who have, despite all odds, moved to 500 on the year. And it's been an impressive run for them, including their game last week against River Ridge, a 13-7 win at Skip Hope Stadium. And to me, this was a classic Sequoia game. They found a way to win. They completed four passes, but they ran for 161 yards on the ground, and they held River Ridge to only 198 yards total offense for them. So for me, Sequoia's getting it done 
uh, defensively right now. The offense, to me, has some issues they gotta they got to figure out. Um, obviously, Jackson Hancock is a huge part of that offense. He's finding a way to get things done on the ground and also as a receiver. Um, but uh, to me, right now they're playing with fire, right? They, were, they found a way to beat Edouard, and they found a way to beat River Ridge, and not to discredit those two teams. But they're getting ready to face a Rome team this week. We talked about it off air. Scoring 13 or 18 is not going to get the job done against the Wolves. Probably not. This is a team that comes in, if I'm math is right, Rome is averaging 46 points a game. Probably. I don't think that Rome gets to 46 points this week. All right. And you can uh, put that on the board and you can tell, you know, everybody in Rome that I said that, but I don't think they're getting to 46 points. But like you said, Will, I, we, you know, I've got a number. I don't know, know if it needs to be said, but I feel like I've got a number offensively that Sequoia needs to get to against an explosive offense. My, my predictor says 26. And mine is a little bit higher. I, I think they've got to get to – Sequoia has got to score 28. Okay. I, I, think, I think, you know, with my predictor, sometimes it gives a hard number. Sure. And you just have to make it a football score. Sure. Uh, so I would say 26 to 28 is about right. Um, and I, I agree with you in, in the sense that you can you can keep Rome from doing certain things, mm-hmm. but they have too much talent to keep mm-hmm. them from doing everything they want to mm-hmm. do. And that's a big problem. I think we saw that. We'll talk about it later uh, with Woodstock. It happened last week that Rome was able to score in all all three phases of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Sequoia. Mm-hmm. I know we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Rome in a second here. I want I do want to talk about Sequoia. We have mentioned on our podcast before about their slow start, and here we go again, 0-3, slow start. But, again, take a look at those three teams they lost to, Will. Cedartown, one of the best teams in the state, all right? Class 4A number one. I've, I've been a believer. Cedartown is my 4A state title champion, all right? I've, in preseason, I called it. Now, that's probably a curse for them. but Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Lambert has found their way into the top ten in my poll and several other polls across the state. And I think it's earned. And, and then you've got the – uh, Raven Gap, you know, they're four and two right now. So, mm-hmm. so those teams between those three teams, Lambert, Raven Gap, and Cedar Town, there's two losses, and both of them are Raven owned by Raven Gap. So, right. I, I just think that Sequoia picked a very challenging schedule to start off with, and it's paying off. And so, when they get to Rome, there won't be any surprises. Uh, they'll be, they'll be at least mentally prepared to take on a team like that. Now, talking about it and then riding up to Barron Stadium and, and facing off against those guys, is probably those are two different things. We saw what happened the last time Sequoia went on the road over to Cedartown, and it, it wasn't pretty. All right, so they've got to find a way to not beat themselves. And you talked about passing the ball. I'm not as concerned about Sequoia throwing the ball more than five or six times a game. I think there are teams that have proven that you can get it done – running the ball, and with some crafty passing, right? Sure. I just – it's going to be difficult this week. And, and you got to think that, that Coach Reed and his staff at Rome will be keyed in on, on stopping Jackson Head because he, he is a leading receiver, leading rusher. He's the best ticket taker, and I'm probably sure he could be the best hall monitor if he wanted to be. Yeah, and, I, you know, just to emphasize that Raven Gap point – Raven Gap is ranked one spot behind Warner Robins, two spots ahead of Cartersville. Um, just in the state rankings, there are six spots ahead of Alpharetta. Um, so just to throw out some names in there that people may be more familiar with to get an idea of where they stack according to a mathematical predictor, 
Um, this is not mine. This is Max Preps. So just throwing that out there. I don't have enough time to rank everybody in the state. Um, but to that that gives you some perspective, right? Sure. So that loss is not bad at all, especially considering you took them to overtime, right? right? So you know, Sequoia to me is still pretty pretty legit. Um, I just don't know going into this one how they're going to keep Rome from doing what Rome does. Once again, um, yes, you're you're right. They they got it done. They completed four passes for 97 yards, one of those being a trick play that Jurgensen threw mm-hmm. for, I think, 28 or 38 yards that um, you know ended up being a big play where they were able to set up a field goal. But they aren't doing it at a high percentage. Now, I understand that, you know, Colby Martin's the new quarterback over there, and, you know, he's a freshman, and I get all that. I understand that. Um, but you, you got to find a way to pass for more than that, and you got to find a way to do it a little bit more traditionally. Um, 161 rush yards is not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but that's when that's that's their offense. They're going to have to get to 200, I think. I mean, once again, you're trying to get to that point where you can score enough, right? That's, sure. that's the goal. Um, I don't know that they're going to be able to score on special teams with Jackson Hancock like they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, Rome, has you mentioned it, they have the athletes to do it on special teams as well. I believe it's Martel Height that mm-hmm. returned one or two punts back for a touchdown. Two of them, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, you know Rome's going to come with their special teams unit ready as well. So when you consider that, I'm not sure there's an advantage either way. I do think the advantage lies in the fact that Sequoia with the wing tee can catch a team napping. Now, if this game was going on here in Canton, you feel a whole lot better about their chances, right? But the fact that they're going to have to go to Barron Stadium, Rome historically is a very good home team. And I'm not saying it's impossible, because it's certainly not. And I don't even think the game's going to be lopsided. I think it's going to be a pretty good game over there. Um, My question is just, can Sequoia score more than 14, 18 points like they have in the last two weeks? Now, they scored 30 against Cherokee, Two of those came off of special teams. So when you take that in, they scored 16. So are they going to find a way to get to that 30 mark? I don't know. I I, I really don't. But I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the mark. They're not going to let Rome do what they normally do. Their defense, you know, Sequoia's defense right now, is uh, it's on fire. I mean, let, let's be honest. They're holding a couple of programs in Etowah that came in scoring eight or uh, 25 points per game, held them to seven, overperformed by 18 points per game in that one. And then they turned around and faced River Ridge, and they held them to 27.4 points under the average. So uh, this is a team that, and as a matter of fact, they're – their defense has only underperformed twice all year, and it was by .3 to Rabin Gap and by .5 to Cedartown. And then they overperformed against Cherokee, overperformed against Etowah, like we mentioned, and then the huge overperforming by River Ridge. So they're actually getting better each week, which is kind of a scary notion for teams outside of Rome, I would say. Um, but it's going to be hard. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, if they if they hold River or uh, Rome to 28 points under the average still about 21 points. So Rome's defense is up to the challenge, I think, too. It's going to be up to a little bit of chance. They're going to need some hectic plays here and there. I think the coaching staff will have those kids ready to go. I'm very hopeful. I don't think anybody here in Cherokee County would love nothing more than to see Sequoia come back with a win over Rome. Yeah, I think you're right, Will. And it's going to, like you mentioned, it's going to take uh, special teams players, some turnovers to help stem the tide. You know, there's the old uh, kids, a uh, little song, Nursery Rhyme, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, yeah. you know, with the three little pigs. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, in Region 66A, everyone should be afraid of the Big Bad Wolves yeah. uh, coming in 
the only stats I can get were Reese Fountains, a quarterback, and he's thrown for over a, a thousand yards this season. Uh, but we know they've got talented wide receivers. You mentioned uh, Martel Height. They've got the tight end Martavius Collins, uh, DeKalen Daniel, Josh Ellard we talked about in previous weeks has been mm-hmm. effective out of the uh, backfield. It's, it, it is going to be an uphill battle, I think, anytime you face Rome. They're only allowing 10 points a game. Yeah. And that's the, that's the other side of the coin there is, is we talked about Sequoia getting to 28 um, even if they could hold Rome to 21, can they get to 22? That's that's the that's the big question I have, and I I, I think they can, but I think it will involve uh, Brett and Darling interception, uh, Jackson Hancock punt return or kickoff return or special sometime kind of special teams play, and so that I think that's when you are looking for those things. I think it's tough to as a percentage of winning. I'm not saying they can't win or can win, but if you look at it on a scale of percentage, what's their chances of winning without one of those sure. explosive plays like that happening or special teams plays. And I think it's relatively low unless you get, unless you can turn them over. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one thing we have to talk about with, with these, with the Cooper predictor now is that we, we take the five most recent games. Mm-hmm. So they've dropped the Kell game now, not off their strength of schedule. You don't drop it off the strength of schedule, but you drop it off of everything else. So I can elaborate on that if you'd like. You mean Lanier? Lambert, I'm sorry. Lambert. What you did I say? Kel. Yeah, Lambert. They're both the Longhorns. I'm, so I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to give you that. Yeah. So, Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lambert. Uh, you looked at me. That's why I said you want me to elaborate on I that. I think they're the same color as, as I, Kel yeah, also. I think, I think they have like the same logo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, my apologies, Lambert. Um, but, yeah. So, so you dropped that game. They're averaging 17.8 points per game, like you mentioned, uh, in the last five games, which is where we get that number. Their offense is underperforming by 1.77 points, though. That's the problem. Their defense is overperforming over the last five games by nine points, mm-hmm. so credit where credit's due. And they're only allowing 18.2, but that 17.8 and that, that offense underperforming, the math does not bode well for them in this, in this way. They're going to have to find a way to produce points that they normally wouldn't have. Um, you know, I, I think even, I, and I also don't think it's going to be a secret. Rome knows what Sequoia is going to do. Mm-hmm. Going to line up in the wing tee, and their goal is going to be to stop number two. It's got to be to stop Jackson Hancock, and it's going to be up to Tyler Bell. Uh, you know, Pie scores um, a couple of these other guys to Jurgensen. You know, in, in some cases as well, to find a way to come in and 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 establish the running game outside of Hancock. And if you can find a way to spring him open, that's great. But if not, you know, I think it's going to be a long night. So I, I don't think Sequoia is going to be totally outmatched in this one. Like I said, I think it's going to be a close game. And Sequoia is number one in my power ranking still. Um, but I, I just don't know how, they, how they're going to be able to go into Rome and win without scoring at least 24, 28. Okay. That's fair. So. I, and, Will, just interesting notes. Yeah. All right. The series is tied 3-3. Three to three. All right. Okay. So um, when's the last time they played? Oh, uh, 2015. Okay. And Rome won that one by uh, 14 points. All right. 38-24. So this one will be at, at the uh, historic Barron Stadium. That's a great place. If, you, if you're a Sequoia fan, if you've never made your way over to Barron Stadium, it is a great place to go watch a ball game. Of course, shorter plays there. 
Barry played there before they built their own facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a classic place to go. It's it's a really nice. Rome's beautiful, and and you know everybody knows about it. So, um, but it, it should be a good atmosphere over there, and hopefully Sequoia travels well. You know, I th- I think there should be enough excitement about this team. The drive over to Rome is very nice on Highway mm-hmm. Twenty. Yep, you're going to go against the flow of traffic getting over there on Friday night, so no reason not to go watch the team. Um, but I, I'm I'm hoping they show up and show out and and just get Rome ready for this Cherokee County segment of their schedule because after this it's all cherokee county from here on out yeah it is and i think i think rome might have a bone to pick with cherokee county the last couple times they've been here we talked about it before they've so uh maybe hopefully sequoia won't be the whipping boy for them uh i don't see it i don't i don't see it either i think this game is competitive i believe cal preps has this at like a 23 and a half uh line i think is what they had it uh you can see the turd fergusons on uh thursday morning i guess once this is released you'll already know what yeah. what we've got out there but uh i i think this is going to be a competitive football game um again i, I think sequoia is really going to have to to have a turnover or, or some something on special teams and capitalize on it and, and put rome on their heels and really try to make um quarterback Reese Fountain uncomfortable so Cal Preps is, is very similar to to my predictor um it's it's got Rome 28 Sequoia 14 so it's got a 14 okay. point line I I my predictor is pretty close to that okay. my, my predictor I'll go ahead and throw it out there it's got a 15 point line for okay. this game uh it finds the game a little bit lower scoring than than that 28 to 14 score but you well, know that's that's very interesting William because I have uh I have this game at Rome at a 13 point See, and, and this is the beautiful thing. We'll, we'll see what happens with the Maxwell ratings as, as they come out. <laughs> but if all of us agree, it tends to be bad for whoever we agree with. Right. It's the old, uh, they love to screenshot the every all the guys taking the picks. And yeah. Then, you know. So uh, we, we begrudgingly pick against our charity teams, <laughs> just to throw that out there. So please don't, you know, you know what? As a matter of fact, if, if Sequoia does beat Rome, you can go ahead and send us the screenshot. Right. It's the we'll, announcer we'll jinx. It. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. Yeah, Absolutely. No problem. All right, well, we're going to send it to another break. When we come out on the other end, we'll talk about the Woodstock Wolverines as they get ready to face Alatoona. Give us just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. The number one magazine to read is Enjoy Cherokee. This beautiful, full-color, seasonal publication keeps you in the know with articles about interesting people, fun events, hot restaurants, and cool ideas. Enjoy Cherokee is for busy people who enjoy a lifestyle magazine worth reading and keeping. You'll find Enjoy Cherokee available at most high-traffic locations and mailed free to homes throughout Cherokee County. Join the thousands who don't miss a single issue. Follow us on Facebook and find issues on enjoycherokee.com. Ask for a free publication and enjoy. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And as we were on that break, Art and I were discussing, turns out you never got to drop your Sequoia Chiefs power ranking. I have them at number one. Where are they for you? Get number two, Will. Hmm. All right. Still not still not fully believing that, that program over there. I'll tell you what, and I'll probably get some text messages from some of my friends over in Hickory Flat mm-hmm. and letting me know that they will not be patronizing the Hickory Flat Garlic Company anymore. That, yeah. <laughs> because you're going to have to change it to the Macedonia <laughs> Garlic Company if you're not careful. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But yeah, I think Sequoia's done a great job there at number two this week, and 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 honestly, will I, I don't want to give away too much, but I, regardless of what happens for them at Rome, I don't know if they move anywhere the following week. I think they have. I don't think they have much potential to fall. Right. That's yes, absolutely. I, I think they have a ton of potential to move up, especially in my poll. If they beat Rome, I, I think 
them and number two is separated by one point in my opinion. Okay. So, uh, once again, 100% mathematical based. If Rome's going to be a good strength to schedule boost for them, mm-hmm. um, and I also think if they go in there and they keep Rome's offense, once again, they hold that underperforming trend that they've been having, uh, then they're going to get to drop that Raven Gap game. Sure. So that'll be nice for them, and they'll get to pick up a game against Rome, and that strength of schedule will greatly benefit them as they move on through the rest of Rivalry Week in October. So uh, I think they have they have nowhere to go but up. I don't see them dropping a lot. I, no. I just don't see it happening. No. Um, and you know, even if they even if they didn't play a great game against Rome, the fact that they're going to replace that with Raven Gap, I still think they're going to get a good segment out of it. We'll see that in a couple of weeks. Yes, right? we will. We but will. right now, we want to talk about the Woodstock Wolverines. That we do. So Woodstock, look, it, it played a tough game against Rome. Okay, seventy to nothing was the final. Um, let me help let, you out. There's not a whole lot that you. We talked about it in the podcast. You're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to play flawless on offense. Yep. And you're gonna have to turn those guys over. And then the depth right now, the difference in depth between Rome and Woodstock, really showed out. A couple of uh, special teams touchdowns, uh, uh, maybe one or two defensive touchdowns, yeah. and and I, I think even Coach Reed said in the, in in the article that that I read in the Tribune that, you know, his offense wasn't even on the field a whole lot in that ball game. Yeah. I, I mean that's that's a tough part, right? Is that. There's there's no way to sugarcoat seventy to nothing. I sure. mean, I mean we we can't really say anything about that to say that that there's you know a, a bonus to it. The bonus that I would say is you played Rome, who's a top ten, mm-hmm. sometimes top five, six, eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. So you didn't you didn't lose by seventy points to some Joe Schmo off the street. Right. You lost to a bunch of guys who are going D one Power Five sure. places. With all of that being said, they're facing a team in Alatuna that they have a good chance to be this week. Yeah. I, I completely agree, and I don't. I, you know, we hope we hope to get a chance to see Alatuna at some point mm-hmm. um, as part of Region Six Six A. They've had they've struggled a little bit throwing the ball, and not necessarily with completions, but just a little bit. You know, their turnovers, um, and and I think that's one thing. Again, Woodstock is going to have to be opportunistic. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jaden Ponder, you know. Over 740 yards on the season rushing, and he's got, I think, four or five touchdowns as well. Um, he's going to be key. Stopping him is going to be key for Woodstock. And it's kind of twofold, and I think every coach says this, and we've talked about it as we analyze this game. Can Woodstock's offense sustain some drives and score two or three touchdowns? All right, yeah. They're averaging six points a game right now. Can they put up 14 or 21 points this week against a pretty stingy Alatuna defense? Now, I, I realize they're allowing 26 and a half points a game, but some of that is skewed because of some of the, the teams they face. But if Woodstock can find a way, whether it's an Adonis Garcia kickoff return uh, for a touchdown or or they they get Garcia in the passing lane game or Kalina or someone else or, or find a way to run the ball mm-hmm. – Get up on Alatuna a couple of scores, and then find a way to really force Alatuna to throw the football. I think that's where you can have success. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Alatuna is a one-dimensional team. I, I genuinely do. I think if you can find a way to keep them from running the ball, then you're going to have success against Alatuna. Now, that's easier said than done. You know, let's just <laughs> clarify that before you know. It sounds like we're just saying that something casual. But Alatuna <laughs> comes at look. They're one and five. They've played a tough schedule though. They had a loss at North Paulding, at Kell, to Cartersville. Only by eight points. They turned around, finally beat Hillgrove 31 to 9. They were on the same trajectory as Creekview, almost mm-hmm. stride for stride. Sure. Then they went to Creekview and lost, and the wheels fell off a little bit when they went and played Rome, 19 to 42 loss at Rome. Um, the, 
look, they're they're a team that has been uh, on the road a lot. I mean, one, two, three, four road games, and the one home game they played against Cartersville only by an eight-point loss. So Woodstock's going to have to go on the road and play Alatoona. So I think Alatoona's probably similar to Creekview in, in more ways than one, but in the sense they're a home home team, I think that's true as well. So they're going to have to go play upset alert in in Alatoona. That's easier said than done. But Alatoona, to me, is far from unbeatable. Like we mentioned, you can make them one-dimensional. To me, it's going to be up to guys like Tate Washington. You know, he was a guy that we got to see in the River Ridge game. He did great, had a three tackles for loss, got after the quarterback a little bit. If, if guys like him, you know, are able to get loose in that defensive front and the linebackers are able to come up and back up those guys enough to be able to help them make some tackles, I, I think Woodstock has a chance. I mean, but the reality is it doesn't matter what we think about Woodstock's defense because the story's been the same all year long. They haven't been able to score a lot. So it's going to be up to Woodstock to put up. you, you got to help your defense. you got to put up 21 points to give them a fighting shot at holding this Alatoon team Sure. Down. And, you know, they've, they've mixed up. Uh, mixed in different quarterbacks. I think we've seen them use three quarterbacks now. We've seen them use uh, Como to start. I think they went back with them last week. We've seen them use Hoff, and and also we've seen them use uh, Lynch. Lynch as well. So they're they're still searching for an answer right there under center, and and the sooner they find that, the better. But I think even more so, like we said, similar to what we said about Cherokee, they still got to find a way to establish the run game. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a tough team. Alatoon is going to be a tough team to try to establish a, a, a run game against. Similar to Creekview, a very physical football team. And uh, I, I can suspect that Alatoona is probably looking saying, all right, we got to get – they Alatoona and, – and this is a – I'm going to say this right now. This is a must-win game for both these teams. Yes. Uh, you can't really afford to go to 0-3 in the region – uh, you know, Alatoona's already played – both these teams already played Rome, but you've got some teams – other teams in Cherokee County that are playing pretty hot right now and, and you know, Creekview and Sequoia. And, and we know that, that if you don't have your A game and, 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 and Etowah can be a very difficult matchup for everyone and, and same with River Ridge, a very talented team. So it's not, it doesn't get any easier for either one of these teams. And so you've got to find a way to get this first region win if you want to keep any – Playoff hopes alive. And I know, Will, it's only the third week of region play, but that is the, in my opinion, that's the, the, the matter of the fact. Yeah, and I think the problem for Woodstock is they're, they have they have to face Creekview, Sequoia, Etowah, still in front of them. Um, tough sledding through those games. I mean, it, it's going to be really tough. Now, look, if they beat Alatoona, they've put themselves right back in the conversation, and they've all but eliminated out too. Absolutely. Uh, so, Absolutely. you know, we're rooting hard for Woodstock. We always do. Let's clarify that. But we're really pushing for them to beat Alatoona. Because if they do, then that, you know, even if Woodstock doesn't make the jump into the playoffs, that guarantees three Cherokee County teams in this region sure. get in, which, as everybody knows, that's all we want. The more, you know, we'd love to see them push Rome out. I right. don't think it's possible. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we would love nothing more than have the whole dang thing run by Cherokee County teams. The more the better. So, uh, yeah, big, big time for Woodstock. If they can find a way, this could be the turning point for them. Um, I think they've been on the precipice a couple of times of, of games that have gotten out of hand late just simply because of a lack of execution on the offensive side. Find a way to convert a couple of plays. Find a way to get some things done that they normally wouldn't get done in the first six games. I like their chances if they could move to one and six and, you know, one and one in the re- – or one and two in the region, I should mm-hmm. say. Much different conversation we have. With all that being said, they're number six in my power ranking. 
Likewise. Number six, and uh, there's nothing else that needs to be said about that. All right. We'll jump into another break. We'll come out on the other end, and we will get into the game that we will have Friday night. That is Creekview versus River Ridge, and we'll start by reviewing Creekview's win against Etowah. So give us just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. Feed all the hungry people in your life at Culver's of Hickory Flat. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Hickory Flat is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Hickory Flat, 6778 Hickory Flat Highway. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. We're going to break down Creekview's last game against Etowah, and we will have a call from Coach Williams coming in here in about five minutes, so we're looking forward to taking that and talking to him again. But as we mentioned, Etowah, Creekview, a 39-20 win at the Grizzly Den. 39-21 win at the Grizzly Den, I should say. That was a bit of a tongue twister there. (laughs) Uh, You know, look, it's the same story as last time, right? Huber, 24 carries, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Cal Schubert was our player of the game, seven receptions, 161 yards, his official tally. Um, and, and to me, the story for Creekview is they continue to get more and more balanced. Um, they went for 214 rush yards and 298 pass yards. They're finding a way to get it done both ways. Can't eliminate one thing for them, their, their, their dual threat. And then, uh, you know, we could really have given the player of the game plaque to about three or four different guys. And one guy to me that, that probably isn't getting the respect he deserves right now is Austin Guest had three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. So they did a little trickeration outside with Camden Lusk, uh, who threw him, a, who threw him a, a pretty ball, and he was able to run it in there. Uh, he's getting it done all sorts of different ways right now. Now, obviously, that wasn't the passing. You know, he didn't get a passing touchdown. But he's very smart, completing about 60% of his passes. That, that, that right there is an impressive mark for a sophomore. And he's really taking control. Doesn't look rattled. Looks calm under pressure. Has a way to handle the situation. I like where Creekview's at right now. Uh, they're number two in my power ranking, only by a point, though. They're only a point behind Sequoia right now. So that that margin for them is really thin. Are you saying that just so we can get back in the press box if we get back over to Creekview at some point later in the year? No. Okay. I, you got to remember, I put them at five before we even went. Oh, that's anyway. right. I mean, that's, I, I was... I struggle with that one, Will. Sorry. Uh, Austin Guest leads the county in passing now. Mm-hmm. That, over 1,000 yards. He's got four touchdowns. Uh, at uh, I think just over 370 yards rushing, he's got five touchdowns there. You talked about Isaac Hubert. I got Will. I've got them down. I don't know if these numbers are extremely accurate, but I've got them down, averaging 183 passing yards a game and a 152.7 rushing yards. So you, you talk about the balance there. You talk about just reviewing that game. It was a fun game to be at, and I, I know Etowah fans probably won't say the same thing, but it, you know, you got on the board first. Etowah comes back with two touchdowns, and Creekview comes back with two touchdowns, and then we go to halftime mm-hmm. after a very weird ending to the first half that yeah. left us all scratching our heads. Uh, but apparently Coach Williams called a timeout. Um, and in, in, in any event, Creekview comes out and milks, milks probably about seven minutes of game time off the clock and then does not convert, does not get any points out of that. But they're able to hold Etowah get the ball back and score, and, and again, nine minutes, almost ten minutes of, of, of clock time that they were able to to chew away. And I uh, definitely want to talk to Coach Williams about that. Like, was yeah. that the game plan? Because it looked like they had they had decided, we're not going to let 
we're not going to let Xavier Mahoney, you know, get the ball, you know, because he proved as soon as he can touch it, he can make some magic happen. Creepview did a great job defensively, I think, in the second half, making adjustments and, and trying to contain and corral Mahoney. Even when he got outside of the pocket, you saw the defensive lineman kind of like, you know what, we're just going to bracket you mm-hmm. and, and force you to throw the ball and see if you can beat us with their arm. And a couple of times he did and a couple of yep. times he didn't. So, uh, again, an entertaining game. Creepview, in my, you know, the score late, and I think there was one late touchdown. I think it might have been on a, a, a third and, and whatever the distance was, and Guest pulls it and runs for 40-some yards or third, whatever it was. Sure. Uh, touchdown. And I was like, man, that's that kind of the icing on the cake. I don't know if they're uh, 18 points better than Etowah, but I think they're probably two scores better uh, based on what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I think mathematically that's about right. Um, you know, it's it's tough right now. Just it's just difficult to rank everybody until they play head to head. But I think you're about right. Um, my predictor likes them by by a bit. Um, now, with all of that being said, Creekview to me, I so I have, a, I have a question about Creekview's defense. I guess I should say, and that is the two teams they've played back to back. I mean that gummy defense? Is that what we're talking uh, about? Oh, you can say that. <laughs> I'm not willing to say that yet. But here here is a question about that. The so they faced Etowah after Etowah lost to Sequoia. They're gonna face River Ridge after River Ridge lost to Sequoia. Is Sequoia giving them the blueprint? Are are they finding the way to stop these these offenses before Creekview gets in there and it's this Brent Buddy, you know, defense that's show I don't want to say showing Creekview, but maybe giving them a little sign of what to do uh, you know imitation uh, is the best form of flattery and and again once you get i think it's not like creepview's coming in here and and trying to say oh let's not let's not uh duplicate what's work but you have to be careful with that will because of personnel right it's a different personnel they have down at at, at uh sequoia than they have at creepview and so you have to play to your strengths, and I think that that knowing what you have on film and seeing what has worked certainly is a benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you can completely rely on saying, "Oh, well, we're just going to do it exactly like like Sequoia every time." Because guess what? Just as much as Creepy's going to watch that film, River Ridge is going to go back and watch that film and say, "All right, we're not. This is how we're going to fix this when this happens again." And so these coaches are smart, and we're getting to the midway of the season, and and everybody's got film on everybody, so. You've got to be prepared. The things that worked in week one and week two were probably not going to work as successfully unless, you know, you've got to be really crisp and sound in what you do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I, I don't mean to discredit Creekview's defense with that statement. It's sure. just, just a just a question there. So, well, yeah. Well, you talk about their defense. I didn't get a chance to let you know, but I'm not going to skip it before we talk to Coach Williams. The Gummy Bears are number one in my poll this week. They return. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I had them at the top of my poll to begin the year. And even into week two after the lost Cambridge. Yeah, and, and, and so they've returned to the top of the mountain. And, and yes, I'm calling the Gummy Bears this week. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We're going to find out a little bit more. We're going to interview Coach Williams. He's going to call in here in just a minute. So give us a break, and we'll come back on the other end and talk to the coach. So just a minute. We'll be back. When you are the official sponsor of the comeback... Adding a few feet to a drive matters. First down. So does shaving a tenth of a second off a lap. 
top-rated surgery, physical therapy, and motion analysis by the sports medicine team at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta helps young athletes not only prevent injuries, but heal faster and return stronger, ready to win. Our more than 25 orthopedic and sports medicine locations are ready to assist your athletes' comeback. To learn more, visit chhoa.org slash sportsmed. Welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and joining us now is Coach Trevor Williams, the head coach for the Creekview Grizzlies. Coach, thank you for being back with us. Thanks for having me again, guys. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, I got Art here with me, but I'll ask the first question. So you guys are going on the road for the first time since September 2nd. How big is it for your team to go on the road, and what's the preparation like compared to at home? You know, the preparation's the same, whether we're at home or on the road. Uh, our coaches do a really good job of, of making sure that, that our kids feel that as, as little as possible and make sure we get packed and down there. It's a short trip, so really excited to uh, have another in-county game and, and looking forward to that. Coach, I want to take a t- talk about your game last week just for a, a minute here. And by our accounts, you all held the ball in the third quarter for a whole nine minutes and 57 seconds and really dominated the second half in time of possession. Uh, and, and that was just on two drives, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what Was that by design coming out of halftime? Or, or, and if it wasn't, what did that drive mean to your team? You know, it was a couple of great drives there in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, with an offense that explosive, with with playmakers uh, that dynamic that that Etowah has, we were cognizant of that going into the game of of being able to hold the football a little bit and, and kind of keeping it out of their hands. But uh, our offensive staff put a great plan together, some adjustments at halftime, and our kids went out and executed it and just stayed on schedule. You know, did a nice job of not getting behind the sticks and um, just hitting hitting down and distance goals and making sure the chains were moving forward. Really proud of those guys and their execution. Coach, Cal Schubert was our uh, Shot and Kirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep brand player of the game. Uh, he's a guy that you had mentioned to us a few weeks ago that we should keep an eye on, but this really seemed like his, his coming out party. Talk a little bit about Cal and how he's developed in the program. Man, Cal's one of those guys. He's a multi-sport athlete, uh, big-time lacrosse player, um, and, and has meant so much to our program. Even going back into last year, you know, made some big plays for us. Uh, didn't get highlighted a bunch, but, you know, had a big screen play uh, against Cherokee and some other big catches and just has a knack for making plays. You know, him and Austin have a great relationship, and uh, they work hard at what they do, and, and I was happy to see him uh, be able to take advantage of some opportunities on Friday. Coach, I've got a couple of more questions before we wrap up here. But first, uh, we talked. You talked about Cal, who was our Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Player of the Game. But I tell you what, you guys had a lot of players making plays uh, in that game. Uh, Austin Guest looked really good. Tootin on the defensive side came up with a couple of big sacks. Uh, uh, Colt Sackman uh, played great. How do you get these guys playing at a at a high level all the time? What's the secret there, Coach? Well, I think uh, if if you ask some of the the coaches like Kirby Smart and Coach Saban after the last couple of weeks and some some shenanigans that has gone on on Saturdays, I think if we had the answer to that, we'd all make a bunch of money and sell a bunch of money. <laughs> um, you know, it it's really really tough to to go about it one week at a time, but that that's what we talked about since you know January of of taking the journey and and seeing if we can get better incrementally one week at a time you know, game over game, and our guys have been able to do that. Um, you know, but it's one of those things that 
you just hope that late in the season now you're starting to get into the region run in October. If if you can continue to find ways to get better and continue to, to find ways to improve, you got a chance to be successful. And I think, too, just how much our guys care about each other. You know, they grow up playing with each other from CYFA to, to middle school junior Grizzlies. And, um, you know, they, they've played together since they, some of them since they were in kindergarten. And, and that care and that closeness and that connectivity is, is a big deal when, when it comes to our guys. Coach, we would be remiss if we didn't ask about your upcoming opponent this Friday. It'll be our uh, WLJ game of the week again, as you guys will be taking the trip over and facing River Ridge. Uh, this is a game that's kind of turned into a little bit of a rivalry uh, just here in the last couple of years. Talk a little bit about uh, River Ridge as a team and, and what you see in them that you're going to have uh, some troubles game planning around. Well, it starts with Coach Collins and his staff. They do an unbelievable job and has since he stepped on campus. Uh, he has his guys ready to play every Friday night. Uh, they do a really good job of, of getting their guys in positions to be successful, um, you know, and defensively they're very multiple. They'll change fronts on you, which, which you know, can, can cause some issues if you don't communicate and, and, and handle your rules. And then offensively I think it comes down to their offensive line has a lot of size. They're, they're big kids up front. you got to be able to hold up and then containing the skill players. I think, you know, they're as talented as anybody will face at the skill positions. And uh, we, we'll have our hands full for sure. All right. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to seeing your team on Friday, and we appreciate you taking the time and being with us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good evening. And a special thank you to Coach Williams for being with us on the podcast. Once again, always good to talk to him. And, uh, you know, I, like we say, we said it last week, sounds like he's in good spirits, as he probably should be. Sounds like he's even in a little bit of better mood coming into this week. I would agree with that, Will, and uh, they, they're they're riding high at three and zero, but I think they're on guard as well. I think we got that from him as well. You just kind of two the, and zero in, the, in region. the region, but three. Uh, you know what? It is either three and three or two and zero in the region. They win three straight games. Yeah, they beat uh, North Forsyth. That's what I meant. I meant oh, three and zero in the last three games. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't say that right. <laughs> <laughs> They're winners of their last three, two and zero in the region. They've got to be feeling pretty good, but not. But they've got to be on guard because uh, we'll talk about their opponent coming up. Yeah, we will. We'll hit a break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll talk about the River Ridge Knights and how they look to stack up against the Creekview Grizzlies. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I'm looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click Employment at the top of the page. Become a Deputy Sheriff in Cherokee County today. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we will talk to Coach Michael Collins here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we do have to go over River Ridge's last game against Sequoia. A 7-13 loss, only managed 198 total yards. Um, probably has more to do with Sequoia's defense than a lack of execution on River Ridge's part. But still, I, I'm sure that if you ask River Ridge, it's a lack of execution on their part to some extent. Um, but, you know, look, it, to me, they still have everything in front of them. I think uh, one and one in the, in the region, they find a way to beat Creekview. They find a way to beat Etowah. They find a way to beat Rome. They're right there in the vie for a home playoff game, potentially one seed. It would be up to what, so obviously, Sequoia has the head-to-head. River Ridge right now hoping for Sequoia to drop a couple 
or drop at least one to make it. You really need two because you don't want to tie with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're looking for Sequoia to drop a couple. I don't know if they will or not, but it's definitely added a little intrigue to that rivalry over there that we have now named Good Old Fashioned Hate. So speaking of Good Old Fashioned Hate, they're going to be playing Creekview this week. But to me, the question is for River Ridge, it's the same question I had for Etowah coming into a game against Creekview. Did Sequoia give everyone the blueprint for what to do with this offense? I don't think necessarily they did. I think River Ridge has enough tools and enough creativity offensively that they'll be able to overcome some of the game planning. But it does leave your head scratching after Sequoia has has done that well in back-to-back games and, and only managing to score seven. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was very shocked at that score. I, you know, we were getting updates from Chase Schaefer, our guy over there. Um, and, and since we're talking Chase Schaefer, I know yeah. this is not the Sequoia segment, but shout out to Chase for get, picking up a new job. Congratulations, um, to Chase. And he will be on the move, actually. And so uh, we will certainly miss him when when his time goes. But we appreciate all he's done and, and, and the things he's done at, for Sequoia and for Cherokee County overall. Uh, getting back to River Ridge, and I, I was shocked at, at that score. I thought that we'd see a little bit more uh, offensive production, and and that goes to the credit of the Sequoia defense, more or less. And, yeah. and Coach Buddy over there is doing a great job with that defense. I think River Ridge is going to go back to the drawing board this week and practice and, and iron out some kinks. I don't think we'll see a, a seven-point uh, production from them this week. Like you mentioned, so much talent on this River Ridge team. Will uh, Isaiah Coughlin moving over to running back, uh, Camden Cox, a freshman running back. We've seen Fitchner early in the season. Uh, we've seen um, uh, Head, and, Head and Hollier are, are two guys that we, we've talked about at length and ad nauseum. Uh, and then um, – Gosh, the other young receiver we saw, and I want—I want to say it's Adam Lipsy had a. Thank you very good... much. Um, so it, 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 there's just a ton of talent on that offensive team side of the ball, and then again, River Ridge giving up 13 points to Sequoia. I think that probably is not overstated enough or stated enough that sure. you, your your defense is holding a team to 13 points. You got to give credit to those guys. I think the the onus is on the offense to find a way to get in the end zone one more time, and and maybe you win that ball game. So, anyway, I think you've got some stats you're going to pull up here, Will. Well, I mean, I think for me the the biggest thing that we saw was Coughlin and Specter on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coughlin has taken over more as the runner, Specter more as the passer. Uh, the trickeration that can come from this uh, this is a rivalry game where these two teams seem to like build their own you know, trick plays for this game specifically. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some pitch play to Coughlin where they throw it deep and, you know, you know he can throw the ball really well. So I'm looking for the trickeration out of Coughlin. But I also, you know, I also like the the dynamic of the offensive line right now. I think they're they're playing a collective unit. Um, And it's going to be tough. I mean, look, both these offensive lines are going to be the top three offensive lines in the county right now. Um, I think Etowah's right up there with Creekview and and uh, uh, River Ridge, and I think we're going to see River Ridge. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great game on that front. I'm looking forward to seeing these offensive lines compete against those defensive lines. Well, we don't we don't want to give too much away of our special sauce right here, Will. But I do want to talk about before I know we got I think we got Coach Collins set to call in here in a, in a minute or so. Um, but I do want to say you know I've got the Knights. I believe at number three this week is where I, have, I had them. I have River Ridge at number three as well. I'm going to have to go back to my notes here because I should have this memorized. There's only six teams in county, 
And yes, I do have them at number three. Yeah. So to review, Creekview number one and yours. Right. Sequoia Creekview number one, Sequoia two, River Ridge three, Etowah four, Cherokee five, Woodstock six. Yeah. So I have Sequoia one, Creekview two, uh, River Ridge three, Etowah four, Cherokee five, and Woodstock six. Uh, our top tens are starting to uh, come into alignment here. We do. They would at some point, right? <laughs> right? At some point, the math has to agree with what we see on the field. Absolutely. Or the, what we see on the field has to agree with the Absolutely. math yes. either way. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right, well, as you mentioned, Coach Collins is going to be calling in here in just a second, so we'll hit a break. We'll come out on the other end, and we will talk to the coach. So give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. Thank you for joining us once again on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And joining us now is the head coach of the River Ridge Knights, Coach Michael Collins. Coach, thank you for being back with us. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to, to be here with you guys talking, talking ball. Absolutely, Coach. We always look forward to it. Uh, I'm going to start out with the first question. This will be the first time you guys get to have a home game since September the 2nd. How big is that for your program and your team as they get ready to face Creekview this Friday night? I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's huge for us. Uh, we've been uh, anxious to get back home. We've been on the road for a month now. Uh, it was just kind of kind of straw that we, we, we drew out of the hat. But um, we're excited to get back home, get back in front of our home crowd, in front of our school, in front of our community. Creekview uh, is a tough opponent, but – uh, we're, we're glad, to, definitely glad to have them at home. Coach, last week it was a tough outing for you guys. You talked about being on the road again. Uh, but, you know, in years past, we've talked, and you talk about once you get into region play and you talk about that tournament, there's no time to, to cry in your milk here. But what's the attitude of your team been this week coming after that loss and, and looking forward to this week? Same old approach, same old attitude. Um, you know, win or lose for us, it's always – play the next play, get better the next day, try to be a better team than you were yesterday. Um, so we try not to get too high after big wins. We, we try not to get too low after tough losses. Uh, so we try to really focus on the process of being a better football team, and each player tries to focus on being a, being a better player. So um, when you have that foundation, you feel like you, you've driven it home pretty well. It allows you to come back the, the following week after a tough loss to a, to a tough opponent, a rival opponent. Uh, it kind of allows you to to come to practice uh, in, in in good spirits and knowing that uh, you know the sun came up and there's another opportunity to, to to be a better team. Coach, we got to see your team about three weeks ago when you guys went over to Woodstock and played them and had a good performance. Uh, one thing that we saw in in that game was Isaiah Coughlin and Ethan Spector on the field at the same time. What was that decision like, and how have you liked those two on the same field at the same time and the pairing they make? Well, um, the decision was just based on us trying to get our playmakers on the field. Um, as you guys know, we started out with, with both guys uh, getting pretty much equal reps of quarterback on Fridays. And uh, then it just came to, like, you know, really didn't feel well with one of them being on the sideline when the other one was out there. So tried to figure out a way to get them out there at the same time. Uh, like, they have, a, they have a great dynamic. So uh, it, it's really worked out well for us. Um, Isaiah's taking on more of the running back role now, uh, but he's also still playing some quarterback. So it's it's worked out. Um, you know, it actually gave us another 
a thinker on the field. Like, you know, he thinks like a quarterback, but he's playing the running back position. So I think it's, uh, I think it's really helped us in that aspect of it. And like I said, I think it's given us another opportunity to get another, another guy that can make plays on the field. Coach, we've got a couple of more questions for you before you wrap up. I kind of want to talk about you, you touched on this a little bit about the idea of success. And I know we've we probably asked you this. What does that look like? But, you know, halfway through the season, uh, based on your team's goal, how, goals for the season, where do you see your team right now? And, and how have you how successful have you all been in the ways that you and your coaching staff and your team define success? Well, um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but we, we, we define success on just trying to maximize uh, the talent and the resources that we have and being a better team day to day. And that's true. That is truly where we are. And that's, 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 the, that's the, the talk throughout the, the program uh, from day one throughout the season is to make sure you're getting better every day. Um, and as far as where we are, when we look at that measurement, um, we are, I, I would say we're right on course, obviously not because we lost the game last week, but just because I do not feel like we played our best game of the season last week. So I would say that we were right on course, but we, we, we probably had a little bit of a, a, a setback as far as us evaluating ourselves where we, where we are in the process. Uh, I think that was a little bit disappointing. I think the guys would agree with that. Like we, we feel like we could have put a better product on the field, and, and, and that's across the board with coaching and everything. So uh, we're anxious to get back on Friday to try to get back on course and just uh, be a better football team. I feel like you should play your best game every week. So this Friday should be the best game that we played all year. And if we can go back and look at that measurement and feel like this was our best effort uh, in all three phases of football, then I would say that we could, we could say we're back, right back on course as far as what our goals and what our vision is. And, Coach, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about your opponent this Friday in Creekview. Uh, obviously, they, they started out the season a little slow, but have certainly picked it up in, in the past weeks. What kind of challenges do they present to your program, and what are you looking forward to uh, in combating them this Friday? Yes, I'm definitely not surprised to see them going on uh, this winning streak and uh, seeing them play really good football this time of year when it matters. I knew that was coming. Uh, you know, you watch them, you watch how things have started for them, you watch the opponents that they played early in the season. Uh, you knew that eventually they were going to figure it out and be a better team. Uh, Trevor's done an outstanding job over there. And, you know, that's just a great program, a physical football team. Uh, they're going to run the ball. Uh, be physical with their running attack on offense, and anytime there's a dual threat quarterback on the, on the field, it's it's just tough for a defense, and they've got a really good one. Um, so that's going to be tough for us to try to contain that offense. But then defensively, they're 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 sound, they're physical, uh, they fly to the football. Uh, it'd be hard for us. We're going to try to establish our run game and be a balanced offense, but it'll it'll be a challenge. It'll be fun. Uh, none of one of those Cherokee County games. Uh, I think it's going to come down to one or one or two possessions and. Uh, who can win the turnover battle, the penalty battle, and uh, who can maybe go get that score, that stop late in the game to put the game away. It'll be it'll be a fun night. It'll be a, a great one to watch. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to having it on WLJ, and we appreciate you guys for being with us and looking forward to seeing your program on Friday. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. So once again, a special thank you to Coach Collins for calling in. Always great to talk to him. Uh, sounds like he's getting excited for this game. Of course, we mentioned in the two interviews, this will be the first time that Riveridge has been at home 
in over a month. So you know that he's excited to be back in front of that River Ridge crowd. Yeah, man, I, I didn't realize how long they had been gone, Will. I kind of took a look at took a look at it earlier. I was doing a little bit of podcast research, and then Coach Collins verified it. And it you know, literally a month since they played a game uh, down in Ridge County, Will. Yeah, so we're looking forward to being there on Friday night. We appreciate everybody for allowing us to be there, so we'll have the game for you on Friday night. But in order to tell you about the game on Friday night, we're going to send it to one final break. We'll come out on the other end, and we will finally break down the River Ridge Knights as they host the Creekview Grizzlies. So give us just a couple seconds, and we'll be back. At Foundation Financial Insurance and Wealth Management, we believe that your insurance protection and wealth management plan go hand in hand. We start by shopping your insurance with highly rated companies to find you the best combination of price and protection. With that plan in place, we can then work with you to develop a tailored financial plan. Whether you need to save money on insurance or you need a full financial plan, call us at 678-880-9571 or come by 250 East Main Street, Suite 104 in Canton for a no-obligation consultation today. Securities and advisory services offer Packerland Broker Services Incorporated, unaffiliated entity, member FINRA and SIP. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we are finally here to break down River Ridge versus Creekview. So let's get the records out of the way. River Ridge 4-2, 1-1 in the region. Creekview 3-3, 2-0 in the region. Everything in front of both of these teams. And as we mentioned before we went out to the break, Creekview has not been on the road since September the 2nd. River Ridge hasn't been at home since September the 2nd. Ironically, River Ridge has lost two games on the road. Creekview has won those games at home. So when you turn the coin over, except for the, uh, except for the uh, Calhoun game, I should say. But when you turn the coin over, Creekview is winless on the road. River Ridge is undefeated at home. So is something going to give on that, or is that the, the way that things will stay? We'll find out. Um, one interesting note, one last thing about the home teams in, in, this, in this rivalry. Home teams lost the last three times in this rivalry. So if you're looking at recent history, mm. it's definitely favored the away team. So with all of that being said, Art, what do you have for this game? Man, I tell you what, I have a couple of teams that I think want to mirror each other and want to run the football. Uh, they want to pass. They want to be opportunistic. I'm not saying they're not going to throw the ball, but they're going to be opportunistic and judicial when they pass. Um, but I think they want to. They have two physical uh, offensive lines. They want to get going and 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 keep those those defenses on the field. Keep that other offense off. It's a team, you know. We talked about it, Creekview and, and River Ridge both averaging just about 183 yards through the air. They've got quarterbacks that can that can kind of do it both ways. And I think it's interesting that you said you got Coughlin in there as well. And so you really got two quarterbacks. Like Coach Collins mentioned that. He's like, I, I kind of have two guys that think like a quarterback in the backfield, and we got to get our most talented guys on the field. And we've seen that. I think the, 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 the two things here – and. It, this is a little bit of coach speak, but who can limit penalties and turnovers? Sure. I, I think that that's that's number one. If you let's get that, okay, let's get behind beyond penalties and turnovers. River Ridge's defense, and they've got some very active linebackers. They're going to have to find a way to really put the hit stick on Isaac Hubert, and I think that's easier said than done. But I think it's got to be done by gang tackling. I think their secondary will probably be tested. You know, guys like MJ Ayers in the in the in the back half of that secondary. Um, in hand back there as well will probably be tested. Um, and I think vice versa. You've got a couple of wide receivers that I think are, are really ready to have breakout games in, in Hollier and Head. And River Ridge has got to find a way to get them engaged and, and, and maybe find a, a mismatch somewhere. We saw Cole Sackman coming up and making some plays last week. We saw Taylor Cox Young for Creekview. So I think both of these secondaries will be tested 
by uh, on River Ridge's side, you got some big physical receivers. On, on Creekview side, you've got some very crafty receivers and sure-handed guys. So I, I think this is a, a matchup that's probably going to be as close as it gets in terms of of uh, of a score and, and 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 akin to the rivalry, the, the rivalry game a couple years ago when when River Ridge won at Creekview right. in overtime with the you know the Amir touchdown plunge. Uh, I believe that was Amir scoring that touchdown. Couple years ago, yes, yeah, um, but I think it's going to come down to to the wire like this. Now this time, I, I you know, River Ridge has got two running backs and and Creekview's got one, um, but going to have to as much as River Ridge is going to have to stop Isaac Hubert, Creekview's going to have to find a way to really bottle up that running game. And we know River Ridge has been working to establish that. Mm-hmm. If Creekview can make them one dimensional, I think that works well for them, and and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, to me, the question is, can can Riveridge avoid what Edouard was not able to last week? Mm-hmm. And that is, if they hand the ball off to Hubert 25 times, are the last five carries going to be big blowout runs? Because mm-hmm. that's what happens is, you know, first quarter you survive, right? Second quarter you get tired, but you're hanging in there. Then you go sit in the locker room. Muscles tighten up a little bit. It's going to be a little bit cold, low 49. So it's going to be a little bit football weather getting in there. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of becomes a question of, of who can stop them. And once again, looking at this lineup for River Ridge's defense, they once again don't have anybody outside of Ethan Hollins listed at 6'2", 275, excuse me. Uh, they don't have, you know, 6'3", 235, Hubert running at them. It's going to take a couple of them. Let's put it like that. So... I don't. I don't necessarily think. Once again, height and weight doesn't play everything into football. But when you're playing a war of attrition, it certainly helps. And then you keep into mind you have six foot six, two hundred and eighty pound Andrew Rosinski. Uh, I mean, you know, you know the list, right? Sure. So everybody's heard it a million times. Same thing could be said on the opposite end, though, as far as River Ridge's offense is concerned. They got big John Fletcher up there, Joseph Hornbuckle. They've got um, Albers, Reed Albers, um, and then you know uh, they're not necessarily they're they're Guys aren't necessarily as big. Camden Cox, 5'10", 180. Uh, but as far as wide receivers go, Grant Hollier, 6'3", 210. Jackson Head, 6'2", 220. Andrew Hand, 6'2", 165. They got some big guys outside. So there's certainly a little bit of opportunity there for them to get involved in that sense as well. So I don't necessarily know where that all is going to line up for them. I'm not exactly sure where, where it sits as far as, as what I'm concerned with it. But I, I do think that this is going to be a war of attrition. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And who has the ability in the fourth quarter to limit what the other team wants to do? And I agree. I, you know, I think in the Coach Collins interview, you know, he said it's going to come down to that last you know, strike, that kind of last play down there. It's going to be a possession game. I agree. I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout. But the question to me is, can River Ridge prove that they are up to the task of standing up to this Creekview team for you know, four quarters? Because – Look, whether we like it to admit it or not, River Ridge has played the second weakest schedule in Cherokee County thus far. So, haven't necessarily faced a ton of teams that are going to bruise them. You're right. I've got them. Their opposition at a combined record of ten and twenty-five. I've, I, I think some of these go the rivalry games that you got to throw that out the window. Sure. And if you're creepy, you got to be weary of a River Ridge team out there laying in the weeds, waiting to ambush you. Um, you know, we, we talked about the emotion of the game. You got to you had a big emotional win. You had an extra day to think about it right yeah. after at, on a Thursday night game. So, uh, if you're creepy, you hope you're, you're back to work. And if you're River Ridge, 
I don't want to call this a must-win game, but uh, I think you 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 would much rather be at two and one, tied with Creekview, and having the tiebreaker over them. Well, I think it's must-win for home playoff. Oh well, well, absolutely. I don't think I don't think anyone with more than one loss will be a hosting a home playoff game. No, and I, I think I, it, it can happen, right? We, it, it could happen. You, you could have. A whole bunch, a litany Two of things that, teams, yeah. to, that, that we have to go to tiebreaker. But I think, yeah, the and at this point, I think it's. And I, I we didn't ask Coach Collins this in terms of hey, what your what are your team's goals when we talk to him? But I think the first and foremost thing is to make your way into the state playoffs. I right. think, and then you start worrying about home field advantage. And so right now, a a, a loss is not detrimental in terms of all right, you know, we still. Again, we think three is that magic number. Any one of these teams gets to three wins, that gets them in the door to the playoffs. But I think falling to one and two is going to make things a little more challenging yeah. than being at two and one, like I said, tied with Creekview. Especially with Rome still lurking out there in the schedule and Etowah. Sure. Uh, you know, not that Etowah to me, that River Ridge Etowah game is going to be a total toss up. We'll see what we'll see what transpires through those points and, and what ends up happening, but. Those two teams are pretty evenly matched right now. Um, now, look, River Ridge has a history of handling Rome, especially the fact that Rome is coming to the Ridge to play that game. But you still, you still got to, you still got to win a couple of games in there to make playoff contention. And, and the schedule gets hard. I mean, it, you know, it's difficult. It's it's October. Yeah, it doesn't get easier from here on out. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Like you said, I think this may have the biggest playoff implications as far as the region goes since the Alatoona Creekview game. Yeah, I think you're right, Will. You know, again, an opportunity for what for River Ridge to kind of muddy up the waters per se. Well, you got you know a couple of two and one teams, and and if you kind of get where we were going with Rome and, and Sequoia, I think most of the pundits will say that Rome wins that game. There's a there's potential you could be looking at a second place tie at two and one right. in the region uh, between three teams, and so that that would certainly make for a fun remainder of October. And well, I, you know, I'm just kind of looking over these these schedules again, and, and you know, this is a seventh game. Most of our county teams are, will have played outside of uh, Cherokee, yeah. um, and, and of course, Etowah, who's going to buy this week. But right. the, the teams that are playing this week, this will be game number seven. Time is is running short, and uh, in, 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 in mistakes they become critical at this point. Right. Interceptions in August you can live with. Interceptions in October become a whole <laughs> lot bigger. Right. So not right. to discredit that, but but that is the case. And so. And, and so for that, I think the playoffs for some teams start this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about it with Cherokee. Every game's a must win from here on out, at least for the next two weeks. I, I think River Ridge, obviously Etowah gets the bye, but when they come back, it'll be the story for them. Woodstock, it's the story for them. River Ridge, it's it's getting close to the story yeah. for them. Once again, this this loss, if it is to Creekview, does not eliminate them, but it, it makes it really tough moving forward. Um, and and look, if they're you know you mentioned if if Sequoia goes two and one, Creekview two and one, River Ridge two and one, Sequoia and uh, Creekview are still gonna have to play, River Ridge and uh, Rome still have to play, and then Alatuna is getting to play most of those outside of Creekview. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that can happen. You know, you mentioned there are only going to be three games after this for some of our teams, and, and some are going to have four. But the amount of chaos and crazy things <laughs> that can happen amongst those three or four games is, is truly incredible. And that's why this time of the year, October being rivalry month, is one of the best months of high school football. It is. It, it's just a shame. I feel like we just started yesterday, Will, yeah. and we're already to October. 
I know. It just never lasts long enough, does it? But, you know, the key is to sit back here and enjoy yes. October. And I tell you what, speaking of enjoying, we've been treated to several great games this season, week in and week out. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to be back at River Ridge. And actually, I say be back because we were there for a preseason game. It, it didn't really... Right. wasn't aired. It, it wasn't aired, but we were we were there practicing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking back, being forward to be back at the Ridge to watch this rivalry game. Yeah. It'll be our first time at River Ridge. Obviously, we saw the Knights before the break, but this will be our first time at River Ridge on the season. So we apologize about getting there so late, but the schedule is what it is. And, and you know, the reality is with Cherokee not being in the region, we tend to value intercounty matchups and it just has so happened that the games that we've picked before this have been Cherokee heavy and you know even even in the last couple of weeks Creekview heavy but we're ready to settle in a little bit here in the back end and see Riverridge a lot more than we have in the first absolutely I'm looking forward to it will and I know we'll be there on the call and when maybe a, a host of some other characters maybe yeah, one we'll or two see. might show up we'll yeah. have to you never know. You always got to tune in and see what's going to happen. Of course, uh, you know we we appreciated the booth last week. Ronnie on the spot was there. Won't be with us this Friday. Um, and uh, Zach Gross joined us as well. Hopefully, he'll be able to join with us and talk about two of these offensive lines that are some of the best in the county. But of course, you can listen to it on one hundred one point one FM WLJA Friday night, seven o'clock Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show. We will give our predictions for all these games that we just talked about, and then seven thirty we will have kickoff between the River Ridge Knights and the Creekview Grizzlies. So make sure you tune in and join us. You can also listen on WLJRadio.com, listen in the Listen Live button in the top right-hand corner, or on any radio streaming device on your phone, or you can also ask your smart speaker to play WLJRadio.com, and it'll pull us up as well. Well, before we get off the air and sign off, I, I do have to give a shout-out again to to Dr. Pruitt and Miss Gann over there at Creekview hooking us up in the, in the press box and making us feel at home, even though, you know, I constantly talk about the gummy bears. They... They, they, they very, they're very nice yes. and, and, and over, overlooking our flaws and letting <laughs> us to be in the press box. And uh, we, we appreciate it. And it's not just, again, we say this week in and week out. It's not just at Creekview, but everywhere we go, we appreciate the hospitality. We appreciate the conversations. And, and we're excited to be, have the opportunity to do this and bring these games on the air and have this podcast as well. So thanks to everyone. I'm not going to go on everyone by name, but just I wanted to single them out. We were there last week, right, so I do yeah. want to appreciate them, and we'll probably shout out River Ridge next week as well. Yeah. They've been very easy to work with so far, as most of our county teams are, so we always appreciate the support. So once again, Friday night, 730, River Ridge versus Creekview. Looking forward to the call. And Art, please remember, we're, we're one day closer to Jesus. Jesus. This was the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Make sure to join Will and Art next week for the next episode and each Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Cherokee County Game of the Week on WLJA 101.1 FM.